It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation. We are live from Las Vegas Convention Center for MJ BizCon 2022. And I'm doing my podcast today from Podcast Row, and I'm just sitting here typing out notes. And literally, somebody with a, a ton of energy just walked up to me and gave me a business card. And I'm like, oh, we need to stop talking now. And you come over here and come do this podcast. And that's Chauncey Bullock with Go Verde Incubator. How you doing, Chauncey? I am spectacular, without a doubt. Yeah. Happy and uh, enthusiastic about this very moment that we're in. Yes, yes. you got to be enthusiastic. You know, this has been, um, not only are we in the peak of what's, what's going to become a really, really big industry as far as just nationwide and, and across the world, but this is something that's really important for the black community overall. Like, this could really impact us when it comes to... Um, just saying financial growth overall for generations, even laying down different different foundations for us just taking more control of our neighborhoods. I really believe that this is our peak. So I'm blessed to see all these black people here down, down here today. Yes, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh, what climbed me into this is actually being prosecuted. I was actually prosecuted by being a property owner really? in the city of LA. Was it because yeah. you were smoking or because you were growing? Oh, no. I just owned a, a location. I thought some guys had opened up one of my little retail locations yeah. to do a t-shirt and hat business. Lo and behold, I get a call from, uh, I get a call from uh, in a sense, uh, the, uh, let's just say the, uh, the uh, neighborhood watch on my block. The neighborhood watch, in a sense, explains to me that there's an altercation happening. And at this one spot that I have, it used to be uh, with my uh, ex-girlfriend. It was a, uh, a coffee shop, but it took too many cups of coffee to pay the bills. So I put a police sign up on the spot. And with a short period of time, I had so many people actually following up with me wanting to rent my space. So yeah. these three guys came to me saying, we want to open up a t-shirt and hat business. Lo and behold, months later, I realized uh, when I can't easily get into my building yeah. and I finally get in, I, I pull up because they're saying there's a situation. So when I get there, uh, now there's no longer a regular entrance door. But uh, when I finally get in, there's music thumping, people walking past me with bags in their hand. I get in, there's jars and jars and jars of marijuana. Stop playing. <laughs> no, but lo and behold, they show me that they have their licensing, right? Yeah. So they have from the... Uh, the Office of Finance, which is City Hall, yeah. a license which was called an LR44 and an LR50 to sell cannabis as a retail store. So lo and behold, I'm like, okay, you guys got your license in. Let me just make and take pictures of this so, and make a copy so I have it in case somebody says something. So six months later, I, I get uh, a few letters to every location I've ever lived in saying that I am operating an illegal cannabis business. Wow. This is from, yes, from the district attorney's office, the city attorney's office, and they've now contacted any possible address they may have ever seen me have on file. So then when I looked at it, I called my attorney. I said, they're crazy. I said, these guys, they have their license. What's going on? I asked my attorney, hey, move up that court date. Let's see so I can really chew off this judge. You yeah. know, me, I'm a black woman. You know, I'm going to kind of always... Uh, uh, let's just say stick up for uh, that uh, that underdog. Yeah. So uh, when I get to court, uh, I realize that I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> and that they do have a license, but they're not in compliance. Yeah. But there was no way with the city of L.A. to have what I called an organized way of doing business in the cannabis industry. They didn't have an office set up like they do now saying that, oh, you need to have uh, fingerprints on file with the police department or the building and safety or the uh, conditional use permit with the uh, with downtown. They didn't have any of that stuff, right? So uh, as I found out, and after $50,000-plus spent with attorneys, with evictions, and 
with me now having a, a case, now being prosecuted, now being on probation. I said, as I was pissed off after that, that I personally went through because of that, I just said, let me chase down every politician because we've got to change the laws. So I thought about every person that was prosecuted by either being a property owner, which I was at the time, yeah. or any person that may have gotten pulled over having just a blunt in their ashtray, and, and, and in a sense, still yet it being recreationally used in the city of Los Angeles, the laws were backwards. There wasn't an office where you could go to and curse someone out. So I started contacting the mayors, the city council, the neighborhood watch. I went off on everyone. So after a while, they asked me to get to the table and meet with some other like-minded individuals so we could create what's known as today social equity for the city of Los Angeles. You were shaking that you were shaking that table a little bit too hard. <laughs> they got tired of you. Oh yeah, definitely. Whenever they, whenever I heard voices, city councilman, well known. Yeah. He would see me, or Senator Steve Bradford, whenever they would see me, they're all, there's Miss Bullard, we run, let me <laughs> But no, it took a point for me to make a valid point, which is to say there's a problem. There's a problem with cannabis. We need to change the way the laws are. If there's laws on the book, people should not be incarcerated right now. No. If people can actually invest in it on the stock market, yeah. no one should be criminalized at this point. So with that, with having an opportunity to help create in the city of Los Angeles a, a, a way for what's called today's social equity, I've created some brands. I've helped people get licensing. When I realized that I could help other people get licensing and setting up social equity for the city of Los Angeles, I realized that, hey, I can actually give myself some licensing too. Yeah. So as I, uh, these individuals that were actually in my location, when I had to, in a sense, try and uh, evict them out of the space, I realized that there was an opportunity for me to learn the space. They asked me um, if, they, if I could find another location for them to help them through the legal side of the process. I was like, yeah, I could do that. But in the process, when they said, are you interested in buying my business? I said, well, you guys are trying to sell it. What do you want it for? I mean, how much are you asking? But then I realized at the time, because I was really blaming this. Growing up in the city of Los Angeles, you know, I truly thought, you know, people were just in a sense getting high because my background is I'm a PK, a preacher's kid. Oh. And I didn't really come from the background oh. of being deep into the cannabis space. Totally now, this is going about 15 years back where, where all this is and how I got into the business. But lo and behold, from my experience, I realized buying into their business and buying them out of that location and then climbing into it, I realized it's not people just getting high. There were so many people, even at my father's church, that would say, baby, my knees hurt, yeah. my shoulder hurt, my back hurts. Do you have anything, any creams? So a lot of times I found myself asking people, uh, so with this pack I'm buying from you, because I did buy the business, because they gave me an opportunity to buy into this, because I really saw it. As, uh, now, was this your first buy time actually out. buying weed? Like when you was when you were buying them out, was this your first time actually buying weed? Absolutely. Oh man, what a first Absolutely. time story! Everything, <laughs> everything, the whole concept. But you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, yeah. so I've always believed in making money while just you know where it takes people. Yeah. Uh, into the into the the catapult of better understanding people 
and business and being successful, you have to build relationships with people. People have to trust you. Yes. They have to believe in what you're selling. And when I would ask the guys that were selling me product to sell to customers, I would ask them, okay, this packet looks great. It smells great, but what does it do? Does this help the back, the shoulders, or help you rest? Are you going to be up? Uh, is it an indica or a hybrid or a sativa? They were like, babe, hey, this is gas. You want it or not? Oh, that's my, I hate hearing that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, after a while, you know, that gets old when you're yeah, with people that are actually coming in and they're in need yes, to yes, feel yes. better. Yeah. People think dispensaries are just to get high and relax after you. You know, or you just want to get along with your coworkers. No, it's no, not no. About that. It's part about it's part of the evolution of consumption. You know, we went from just taking somebody. I remember it being a youngster, and if somebody would have sold me a bag and they say it's, it's this gas, yeah, I'd have gave you about twenty, forty, eighty dollars. Uh-huh. I wish you would for that gas. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, again, the evolution of consumption. People are more interested in how this affects me versus the, how high does it get me. You know, absolutely. So I, absolutely. I, I totally, I, I think, <laughs> I think your story is so dope. You, you. The, you bought out the. Have you? Do you still speak to these brothers? I actually haven't seen them in ten years. Wow. Well, you know what? I take that back. One, I ran into uh, maybe about a year and a half ago. Yeah. One of the guys, and this was because with just that one option, I have to kind of go a little deeper into this. When uh, and for me, I, I'm always looking at how do I better my business. How do I better the business, any kind of business? Yeah. Because also in the business, before I climbed into that, you know, I own the property. But I also had an auto shop I've had for 20 years where I helped do any and everything for cars, a hair salon, an event hall, etc. And this is just me really watching my parents and my uncles do their thing as being entrepreneurs. Yeah. I said, okay, since my dad and mom got it, look like they got a little money. I don't know if they do or they don't. They made it look like they did. So me watching my parents move, I was like, okay, I see you have to have the work ethic. You yes. got to work hard. If there's something that you want, but my parents didn't really give me anything. You know, I, growing up, I thought he was going to help buy me a car. He's like, no, I'll pay your fuck for your first month's insurance on a car. It's but, a lot different. But it taught me. <laughs> yeah. It taught me. If you want something, you got to work for it. Yes. So as the guy's selling me these pounds, I'm like, okay, you trying to sell me something, but I'm going to better this. I'm going to figure out how to grow it. I'm going to talk and reach out to doctors and figure out what works for the body, what the cannabinoid system is and how everybody has that within their body and what flavors, what terps, what uh, strains and how that actually encompasses the body to feel better. Yeah. You know, so I, I, me, I'm more of the person that, you know, I, I want to go back the layers on things. So I've climbed into that. With that, it's given me an option, an opportunity with the city of Los Angeles to now be licensed in the city of LA and the city or the state of California to cultivate, to manufacture. That means I can make any brand for anybody. I do white labeling. I have, thank you, thank you. I have 30 minority brands under my umbrella. Shout out to John Sally that played for the Lakers and the Bulls, et cetera. He's uh, my visionary officer of my organization. You know, shout out to Hussein, uh, uh, I don't know, Hassan Johnson. Hassan Johnson, actually. He is well known. He was the Weebay on the show called The Wire. The Wire that was an HBO yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So I have a brand with him. I've told, I've told a lot of people. I have doctors. Uh, shout out to Dr. Angie and Dr. Heidi. Uh, they have a brand called Temple of Leaves. But really, I'm also about the social justice side. Right now, I, I don't know if you know who Corvain Cooper is. I do. Corvain Cooper is a really good friend of mine. I did a limited edition with him and Anthony Algrede. They have a brand that's called 40 Tons. Yes, you know, they yes, were prosecuted yes. mm-hmm. for 40 tons of cannabis. 
and you know he was doing in a sense uh uh what uh, a life uh, i was gonna say you talking about 40 tons you gotta be talking about life yes, yeah that's, he was that's, doing that's cartel life. numbers yes about. he was doing life in prison but we've been working on the social justice side where i have a brand with them and also with 87 months which is evelyn la chapelle she did 87 months in prison just for depositing a certain dollar amount into her checking account ended up being a co-defendant but we've come together we've created brands where those social justice brands actually help for those that are still incarcerated within the prison system to help them with money on their books to work toward attorneys to help them get out of jail because like i said before there is no reason why if we're here in this big beautiful space we're at a convention center everyone is talking about every aspect of cannabis yes. the flower the weed hemp and cbd no one should be sitting on their ass in a jail cell with the case no do you feel like social equity and, and has done its job in california do you feel like it's it's what and if it, if you don't feel that way what more do you feel like needs to be done you know uh and there is a ton of things that need to be done I created this organization about five years ago called the Black Women's Cannabis Council. I created it because if you've looked at our history, we as black women, we tend to be let through a lot more doors than black men. We tend to be allowed to go into the space and in our history it showed that we've cared for a many of children that weren't, not <laughs> ours. So when people see us, they see that mother side. They see that caring side. They see that, okay, I can entrust you with my children to raise my children. Although I don't want you as a wife, a mate, but I will use you as a housewoman in my home to care for my kids. According to our history, we've been allowed to be in a lot of spaces. So us being there, we have been privy to have the experience and the blessing to grow Women of color have been actually placed in color and in, in, in a position because the black man has been put through the system in a sense where he's been missing in action. So we as black women have a responsibility to take care of our community, to take care of our people, to take care of the world in a sense. And I created that space in saying that because people tend to listen when we talk. They tend to, okay, let me see, you're not the black man, you might be what we consider as the angry black woman, but you take no prisoners. We as black women, we take no prisoners. We will tell you exactly what's going on, what's on our mind, we don't pull punches. And ideally with that, I'm saying I created that uh, that entity, that uh, nonprofit space, so as a nonprofit to help those. It's to show up at every possible thing to support Anyone that's either incarcerated, anyone trying to figure things out, it's given me the social justice side and the economic development side to really get through some doors that other people can't. So with this, we have a lot of, let's just say, we have a lot of work ahead of us. We have fallen short. We people of color are working together and entrusting each other. You know, for my incubator, Green Haven, my Green Haven LA business, I'm licensed to cultivate. I have a delivery business, retail delivery that's pending with the city in the state of California. And then I also have an events license where I throw large events. I have a 150,000 square foot facility off of Avalon Engage in South Central Los Angeles. I'm the only woman of color that I know in the entire world that holds every license for cannabis. But the challenging thing for me in being a woman of color is 
the finance. Of course. It's tough where people, when you say, you know what, I need $11 million. And I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. So it's like, I know how to make money. I know how to create money. I know how to work on budgets. I know what P&Ls look like. I know when it comes to building relationships in business, that's all it's about. It all equates to that. But how do we encompass all of that? How do we, as minority business owners, and even as myself, find the right avenues for those on the financial side with the funds, with the funding, to actually give back? What's needed right now is funding. On the federal side, on the state side, because when we find funding, it's still You need millions of dollars to operate a cannabis business. It's not like we're selling cotton candy and ice cream and we're only asking for 5000 when we need five million yeah, or ten, yeah. million. and we need to ask for five million, ten million, even when we feel like we should ask for five thousand, ten thousand. I feel like a lot of times we talk about black business, mm-hmm. we ask down. Oh yeah, yeah. Even even yes. start asking up more. Absolutely, <laughs> start asking up more. It's a must yeah. because if you even start at that lower gauge, they're not going to give you what you're no, asking. no. The lower you go, the lower you go, the less they they start valuing you. No matter what you do, you start turning into a worker and not a, not something that they look at as a commodity. Really. Absolutely, and you know, as you say, a worker. That's in a sense what I've been dealing with, with helping other people get licensing as well. My incubators, where I do help a lot of minorities get into the business. My pot, my my my, my uh, in a sense. I would say my goal is to make sure that anyone that comes in contact with me that's interested in getting to the business or into the business for cannabis, CBD or hemp, is to make sure I help you see that happen and bring that into fruition. It's not cheap. It does take money to make money. So for those of you out there that are interested, reach out to me. You'll find me on Instagram under Chauncey Bullock, spelled C-H-O-N-S-I-E-B-U-L-L-O-C-K. If you know people out there with funding and money, we can actually help create a brand for you. You don't necessarily have to touch the plant. There's so many aspects and ideas in order to make true money and dollars in this and create a future. I'm also working on the side where we have people transitioning out of uh, out of uh, you know incarceration. So for those that have built and dealt with issues where they can't find a job, they can't get a career, this creates something completely different. You can actually have a career forever and have legacy brands where your children's children's children will eat. That's what I'm all about. That's what we talk about today. And this is Cash Color Campus High Level of Conversation. Oh my gosh, what a what an amazing way to kick off Podcast Row in a higher level of conversation today. Um, Chauncey, thank you so much for coming through today. Thank you. Please check out Go Verde Incubator. Um, and she just dropped out all the all the links, but I'll put the links in once yes. we finish up this episode. I do appreciate your time today. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation live from MJ Biz 2022.